The Backyard Brawl Basketball Edition is tonight. We're going to talk Pitt, West Virginia, what Pitt needs to do to win, what I'm looking for, and all that's coming up today on this episode of Locked on Pitt. You are Locked on Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering everything Pit. And today, folks, it is all about Pit basketball. Big game upcoming here for these guys. It is going to be Pit, West Virginia. Pit's really big first test of the season, if you will. This is a huge, huge. Huge opportunity for Pitt to put out a statement. Even without probably John Hughley. Now, we don't know that for sure if John Hughley's going to play or not. It is possible that John Hughley does play. But he was only cleared for non-contact stuff starting on Tuesday. And so, that certainly, I think, throws a wrench into this. That says he's probably not going to end up playing. Um, but it's always possible, right? It is always possible that he does end up playing. Uh, in limited time. I think we can account for that. I think we can look at the state of where Pittman's basketball is, what John Hughley has been, who hasn't played in six weeks. He hasn't even touched the courts on September 30th before this week. So that is going to be a significant downside. I think we would all look at that and say he's probably not going to play more than maybe five minutes. You know, you know, five minutes a half, maybe, maybe 10 minutes overall. I, I can't see him playing much. But this is a game where I think Pitt can start to develop some type of identity into what they're going to be this year. Because this Pitt team is obviously the make or break year for Jeff Capel. Jeff Capel has to have this team running on full steam and ready to go to a postseason tournament. We have talked about that before how important it's going to be for this team to completely go full steam ahead. But if you can't get anything going because of one injuries and two, because quite honestly, maybe your team isn't good enough talent wise, then well, nothing's going to happen. Right. And so Pitt at this juncture has to, Defeat the pressure that you know West Virginia is going to bring because they always bring it. And I think this is a winnable game for Pitt. I really do. I look at this West Virginia team against Mount St. Mary's. As always, they were great defensively. That is Bob Huggins' teams to a T. I think you look at what West Virginia brought to the table. They brought good cohesion at the guard level. Inside, I thought when Trey Mitchell came in, they looked really, really good. I thought they looked disjointed without Trey Mitchell, but he's back from the foot injury. So it is possible that with Trey Mitchell now there, that West Virginia can give Pitt a really hard time. Jeff Capel even said this. Mount St. Mary shot 24% inside the arc. They do not allow easy shots to happen inside. Now for Pitt, they shot 41 three-pointers against Tennessee Martin. But here's where everything comes into play. 
Pitt's going to have to shoot the rock better than they did against Tennessee Martin. That is going to be a huge factor in this game. Pitt did about everything well, but shoot the ball well. They also were slow starting in that game. Remember, it was very, very close. It was 4-2 to two with about 14 minutes left in the first half. So this was a Pitt team that started out slow and then started really getting going. I'm not sure if they can afford the same type of start today. It doesn't mean they need to come out and all of a sudden score 20 points in the first 10 minutes. But what they do need to do is, is keep everything in front of them and they need to make a shot or two that keeps them in it if they do start slow. So it's more like 10 to 7 or 12 to 9 or something like that rather than you could be down 10 points if you start slow like that. And then I think Pitt could get into trouble because that's one thing we haven't seen this Pitt team deal with is being doubted. And do they try to overplay themselves? Do they over? Do they kind of force themselves to do more than they should? It's a lot of questions that we still have about this team. The, the turnovers, again, were an issue as well against Tennessee Martin. Still 15 turnovers. I didn't think it was mostly because of their point guards, which is good news. But still, you can't be sloppy with the foot with the basketball, rather, and, and you can't allow this press style, this man-to-man press style of West Virginia to get to you. And we've seen it with Pitt get to them in the past. Now, this is a completely new team. And and so the only guy on this team that is going to play significant minutes that probably has had experience is maybe John Hughley if he plays a little bit and Nate Santos. So there's not going to be a significant factor of, of experience against this team. And so Pitt is going to have to kind of work off what they have in terms of, okay, we have a really good set of guards. We have a a set of guards that can collapse down in, and and we can work it back out to the post. We can work it to the baseline. We can work it off screen action. We can work it out to the three-point line. And so Pitt has a few more options than they did previously and so you look at who could start for West Virginia just Trey Mitchell start now again he only played about 13-12 minutes against Mount St. Mary's does he ramp up his action does he play more like 20 or 25 today that could completely transform everything especially if he ends up starting the game they looked their best when they had him there because he gives them rim protection and he gives them a body down low to really bang with a lot of guys and you look at even in those 13 minutes he attempted seven field goals including two three-pointers because this is a guy that with Trey Mitchell you know six nine guy that's a stretch type of six nine I mean he's not a guy that just goes down low and sits there on the block like a John Hughley does Mitchell can go out and shoot three and so that is a big thing to watch in terms of what could potentially happen to me with this game because in those 13 minutes, Mitchell still put up 13 minutes, 13 points. So you look at that, that was a big time impact that he gave them in terms of cohesion. And and Pitt is going to have to really do a nice job of defending that three point line with consistency and with a real intention to not let, WVU get going from deep because that's the one thing I feel like Pitt could have on West Virginia is if West Virginia 
doesn't get going from three, and Pitt can make a few three-pointers, and we know Pitt will shoot them. Pitt will gladly take three-pointers, and they feel like they have that acumen. I think Pitt can keep this uh, uh, even, even if they aren't playing as well as they were hoping uh, to play, which I think is something to look out for. But let's go through some of the players here on West Virginia. But first, folks, I want to let you guys know about underdog fantasy. There's no easier way, folks, to put down props than underdog fantasy. Listen, it's the emphasis on the easy. It's the easy to play while you can watch your favorite team play. Listen, you could put a bet on a player or two from Pitt if you want to for the Virginia game. You want to bet Israel Abanikin is going to have another monster day. It's 125 and a half yards against Virginia. Well, feel free to do that. You think Keaton Slovis is maybe going to not have a hot day and you want to go lower than 169 and a half yards. Well, you can do that too. Or Jared Wayne might get over 89 of those yards though. So you want to put that down. You can go and do all of that on underdog fantasy right now. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team. It doesn't just have to be pit. And you can decide who you want to play with and what props you want to put it down on. It's one of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. Folks, sign up with the promo code locked on. That's one word locked on. And underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100 and get $100 free. Folks, go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Folks, all you have to do, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. Get in on the college football or college basketball pick them today. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast as we are continuing to discuss what Pitt can do here against West Virginia. You will see... Some new faces on this West Virginia squad. You will see some old faces on this West Virginia squad. Emmett Matthews Jr., technically a new face, but also a guy that transferred back into the program. So you have seen him here before in 2019 and 2020. A really solid guard that gives them a lot of flex action. And I say guard, but you could say he's a forward too because he's got good ball handling skills. He's kind of a 6'7 big guy that can do small guy things. And so this is a, a theme when you look at what they can do across the board. It, they have a lot of big guys that have good length that disrupt you um, defensively, but those big guys offensively can do a lot of little guy things. And so I think that's the type of modern type of basketball Bob Huggins has kind of embraced throughout his time here with West Virginia Specifically, he has been able to largely just reintroduce a new brand style and update his style of college basketball to the modern game. And he was a guy that started. You have Eric Stevenson, who played 18 minutes in this one. This is a deep bench, though. They got guys that play a lot. Stevenson, one of their experienced guard transfers coming in from South Carolina, a guy that is really just rock solid and they have really done a nice job to retool this roster. You look at Kedrian Johnson, you know him, he's been here for a while uh, around the Morgantown program. Uh, so he is a guy that has always been 
very solid. Last year, playing this game, he's one of those few guys that knows what this game is about. Played 24 minutes last year in this game. This, these were their starters from last year. Kobe Johnson is in this one. He was there last year as well as a freshman. A really good freshman last year for this team, too. Played 14 minutes and four points in that action against Pitt. Last year, you have Jimmy Bell Jr., who is coming in, uh, a new guy that's st- that will start a Juco transfer. We'll see what Trey Mitchell gets in. He'd probably get in for Bell if it does happen. And, and so you look at this team, man, and they're just deeper too. Trey Mitchell, you, you look at Joe Toussaint, Seth Wilson. Um, you, you look at Josiah Harris. I mean, you look at all these players. Um, Mohamed Wagu, like you look at all of these different players, and it's a deep lineup. Um, of, of players that West Virginia was able to use in terms of, uh, of pure personnel. I mean, they played 11 guys of more than 10 minutes in this in this Man St. Mary's game. And, and so they are a deep, deep roster, similar to Pitt, which is going to be different this year because Pitt obviously was not deep last year. And so Pitt kind of used a hodgepodge of, of guys to fit their team last year. But this year they have – far more depth and Pitt has far more shooting and Bob Huggins noted that in his pressure yesterday that Pitt does bring these unique qualities to the table that they didn't have previously and so it kind of changes if you're West Virginia how you have to play Pitt because now you kind of have to back up just a little bit and understand that Pitt is not necessarily going to be always a team that's going to plod down low on the block they're going to be a team that's a little bit more dynamic and will come at you from behind the three-point line. Again, those 41 threes, man, that just sticks out like a sore thumb for Pitt. And, and Mount St. Mary's, I'll give it this. They shot only 24% from inside, but they shot 10 of 21 from beyond the arc. And, and that is something to look at. And they got to the free throw line a good bit too, 22 times, but only made 12 of their 22 free throws. And so you look at that. And Pitt, I think, has to be a little bit excited about that. If Pitt ends up shooting 48% from beyond the arc, I have good money that Pitt will win this game. I I really do. Of course, that has to come with volume. And Pitt has to make sure that guys like Nellie Cummings and and Jamaris Burton, specifically Jamaris Burton, are able to continue to be efficient with their passing. 21 assists and 25 field goals was one of my favorite stats because of how they worked off each other in that game but they have to make sure that continues. And Mount St. Mary's had opportunities in this game. Now, they were just devastated on the boards, um, largely because of 15 offensive rebounds from the Mountaineers. And that was something that Jimmy Bell really did well in this game to me, made his presence felt. Wagu also made his presence felt on the boards. But this is a really good rebounding team, regardless of West Virginia. And Pitt did do a great job of rebounding against Tennessee Martin. The question is, can they do it again? We're going to see against a team with real size. They're not that much taller than Tennessee Martin was, but they are more physical. They're more scrappy. And so Pitt's going to have to deal with that. And specifically, how is Fede Federico rely on his ability to rim run and, and to protect the rim as well in this game? He's going to be a big factor, both him and Guillermo Diaz. Graham, this is going to really test Guillermo Diaz's Graham. Um, his physicality, his ability to stick up against a different brand of basketball than he's probably used to playing. And, and that was one of the big things about him and Jorge, right, was that you've got bigger guys 
that necessarily don't fit the big guy archetype in college basketball because you have big guys that will stand on the block and back them down. And, they, and that's just one thing that West Virginia has that Pitt cannot allow to happen. Blake Henson's going to have to be a big part down low, but you also can't allow that to let West Virginia win from beyond the arc because a lot of what West Virginia did last year was be able to shoot the three ball off turnovers. And so Pitt's going to have to take care of the ball, and Pitt's going to really have to play a disciplined brand of basketball, and they're going to have to keep their defensive pressure up as well. They play a really good defensive game against Tennessee Martin, but I thought there were lapses in the preseason matchup. So can that carry over to West Virginia? Again, West Virginia was a team that turned the ball over a lot against Mount St. Mary's. For as good as Trey Mitchell was at times, four turnovers in those 13 minutes, you, you even look at Jimmy Bell, four turnovers. I mean, they had 18 total turnovers in this matchup. So this is a vulnerable team right now that's probably just like Pitt in the stages of kind of condensing together and melding together. And so Pitt has opportunities here. It's going to be about how you take care of the basketball and can you shoot the three ball with more efficiency than you did last game out. And so we'll see. I think Pitt has a chance to win this one. It's just going to be – about that consistency. And I want to talk about if I think they're going to win. And I also want to talk a little bit about Pitt football here heading down to Charlottesville. But first, folks, I want to let you know about Simply Safe because if you thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up because right now, Lockdown Pitt listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, folks. You will not want to miss it. Here's why I love it. Folks, listen, Simply Safe keeps you safe from anyone that might come onto your property or anything about that. It monitors every bit of your property 24 7. It's a monitoring agent. And with the tech support staff, there is not a moment where it will be asleep. Listen, Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report. A third year in a row, folks, and an emergency 24-7 professional monitoring agents using the Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe will capture critical evidence and verify that the threat you are facing is real. So you can get the priority police response that you want. This 24-7 professional monitoring system service costs only $1 a day. That's less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed systems, folks. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system. I recommend get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. At simplysafe.com slash locked on college, there's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Pit podcast. Pit West Virginia, the backyard brawl. I know it's going to be rainy out today, but hope you all are coming up to the Pete to see this big one. It's going to be a big-time game, the backyard brawl, basketball edition. And listen, I think Pitt has a chance to win this game, but the pressure that West Virginia is going to table and their acumen to shoot it still from deep, they do have that in their arsenal. Um, that was something that I thought didn't ring true enough against Mount St. Mary's. They only shot 6 of 20 from beyond the arc, but I think they have better shooters than that. You'll look at guys – from last year and the, the efficiency they shot from deep and they definitely have that ability. So I think they have a, a better chance to maybe match pit from deep, but 
You look at Pitt as well, 11 of 41 from deep. They're going to have to be better than that. They're going to have to be more efficient than that. Greg Elliott, Nellie Cummings. This is the game where we have to see Nellie Cummings come together fully, in my opinion, as the type of player you know he can be. He's got to have to be the point guard he was against Tennessee Martin, but he's going to have to add that with points. And, and he can't go 2 of 11 from the field today. He's going to have to probably drill a 3 or 2 to back West Virginia off a little bit. And you look at, at some of the, the guys that had big games last time out. Blake Henson has to continue his level of production. He can't fall off a cliff. You know, we, we've seen this guy play so well. He had a great freshman year at Ole Miss. Didn't play super well his sophomore year at Ole Miss. Can't have any of the tendencies from that year creep back in. And you just need Nike Sabandi to be more efficient, right? A guy that shot two of eight from the field against Tennessee Martin, he needs to be more efficient. And that's largely, I think, the story of both of these teams is they just need the guys coming in that or proven scores and proven shooters to be more efficient. And I think whichever team gets that is going to win this game. But if both teams get it, I think this could be an absolute slugfest. That's really one of the better games in college basketball on the night. It should really be a, a super fun game to watch. And so I think unlike last year, this has a chance to be a really drag amount game, even without – John Hughley. I am a little bit worried about West Virginia's ability to get easy buckets down low. We're going to find a lot out about the Diaz Graham twins and Fede Federico today. Um, because again, I don't expect John Hughley to play at much, if at all, in this game. It's going to be how much space Pitt can create on the outside. I think they'll be able to do that, but if they have no presence down low, it'll be easier to kind of play outside in for West Virginia. And so, yeah, I mean, Pitt legitimately needs to get strong production from their big men down low. That can rim protect a little bit and it make West Virginia's life harder inside the arc. And I think that's going to have to be the big thing. I would feel a lot better if John Hughley was playing in that regard because you could feel like he could give you that. But we're going to find out a lot about Fede Federico. And I'm still not completely convinced he's completely there. I, I liked what you saw from him against Tennessee Martin, but it is Tennessee Martin. And so we'll see what ends up happening there. My prediction is that West Virginia is going to win this game by four. I'm going to go 71-67 West Virginia in this one, just because I, I don't, I'm not sure if they're going to have the presence down low to completely win in the big moments if you are Pitt. But I do want to talk about Pitt football here just for a little bit. We're going to talk about them obviously more tomorrow in a big preview episode and all of that. But you look at this Virginia team and – it's a team that is still talented. They have really revamped their defense. This is a West, this is a Virginia squad that has done a nice job of getting their defense in order. They brought in a lot of transfers. They're, they get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And so Pitt has to protect Keaton Slovis in this one. And that is going to be a big factor. But as much of a big factor as that is, the defense cannot sleep because you still have Keonta Thompson, you still have Dontavian Wicks, you still have Brennan Armstrong. And Brennan Armstrong hasn't had the strongest year, but these guys showed up to play last week against UNC. And that was something that clearly showed up on tape. Brennan Armstrong played maybe one of his best games of the season. And so Pitt has to be disciplined defensively, and they have to create splash plays defensively like they did last week, in my opinion, against Syracuse. And so you look at Pitt overall, man, this offense has to score more than 
17 points. And really, they only scored 17 because of the safety. And Pitt has to continue to finish in the red zone. This was a huge issue, largely for the entire ACC slate, is that Pitt has gotten down inside the opposing 30 and has turned the ball over. King Slovis has to play a clean game of football. We need to see that come out. We need to see that start to come with consistency, with some level of it. Slovis has not proven to be able to do that, and I think that's been the big thing. It hasn't been that the turnovers have happened in Pitt's own territory. It's been that they've happened after long drives. I mean, he has more interceptions and touchdowns right now. He hasn't thrown a touchdown in an extremely, extremely long time since the Georgia Tech game. And Pitt needs something more from this passing attack. We've been saying that all year. They're going to get a good bit from Israel Benikanda, who seems like he's going to play. They're going to get a little bit from Rodney Hammond. They're going to get maybe even some from Sebo Flemister, who seemed to break out a little bit against Syracuse. But they have to convert when they get into the red zone. And that's going to be the biggest thing here. Win in the red zone both defensively and offensively, which they haven't done on both sides of the football this year. And so it's a talented it's a talented Virginia team, but Pitt's passing attack is really going to be the signal of this one. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Locked on Pitt podcast. We'll be back tomorrow discussing Pitt's matchup against Virginia. I'll talk about the keys to the game, why I think Pitt probably will win this game, but why it's a game that Pitt could easily drop if they're not completely sharp. It's all coming up tomorrow on the Locked on Pitt podcast. Folks, as always, thank you for listening. And as always, hail to Pitt.